0: Welcome to another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We are Mike and Gabby, we are your hosts, and we're doing something a little bit differently today. Usually, uh, our regular programming is we invite a really awesome couple on the show and we chat with them about how they do the whole business, mixing business with pleasure thing. But today, what we Gabby and I are going to do is just kind of riff a little bit on all the amazing conversations that we have already had over the last month and a half since we've launched. There's been so much amazing information that we've gleaned and that we've actually learned ourselves, and we just want to give you all a little bit of our input and ideas on the things that we've heard and just dive into some of the, uh, some of the concepts a little bit.
1: Join us in mixing business with pleasure, a podcast about loving your work and working with your love. Your hosts, Mike and Gabby, are entrepreneurs who have found their passion in both their personal and professional relationship. The pair who swore never to work with each other are now working happily together side by side in love, life, and business. Tune in each week as we feature co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. We love talking to
0: couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. And for for those who are wondering, for those who are watching, I should say, rather than just listening, you might be going, are these two really married and why are they in separate rooms? Well, that's on purpose for a couple of reasons. One, podcast tip, this allows us to have separate audio feeds with our uh, USB mics. Uh, and the other reason is there's absolutely no way that we could run a successful business together if we were working in the same room. We'd probably kill each other. We have too many yeah, I don't, I don't.
2: I don't think we would be married.
0: <laughs> well, we, we do live to, in the same house.
2: We do live in the same house. we share a lot yeah. of
0: the same space the rest of the time. But when it comes to work, we have too many little weird quirks idiosyncrasies
2: that. yeah mike Mike is very vocal and he talks out loud and he's constantly like ideating and talking to himself and it just stresses I'm known bonkers. to throw a few
0: f-bombs if I'm a little upset about something
2: yeah but f-bombs and a couple of uh fist pounds on the on the on the table and you know anyway and for me like I just I get in my groove and I got my headphones on and I'm doing my music and singing and t- humming along and I have this annoying habit that Mike absolutely abhors is that like I tap my foot I kind of shake my my foot and that just drives him crazy. So like nails on um, a chalkboard.
0: Anyway, this is I think this is a good it's a good uh, segue <laughs> into how the heck do other couples uh, do this thing? So there's there's a lot of different things that we've heard from the first eight couples that we've talked to so far, and I think maybe just before we dive into any of these, let's talk about some of the highlights. So from uh you know this is mixing business be, with you know pleasure. What?
2: You know what, Mike, before you go into that, I do want to take a moment and uh, just say one thing that I read recently that I thought was fascinating. There are one, according to a statistic that I read not too long ago, and it could be outdated, and I'm thinking that probably like after the 2020 census, there's going to be some new information that comes out. But according to the last uh, data point that I read on this, there are 1.4 Million couples in business together in the United States, and we
0: want to find all of them and talk to all of them.
2: Yeah, we have especially a great- as we start
0: our commu- especially as we kick off our community. But we'll leave that for another time.
2: We have a very ambitious goal of reaching one million couples in business, not just in the U.S. but all over the world. And I know that we do have some listeners that are from outside the country, outside the United States. So our goal is is to uh, is to reach and help. One million couples, not only in their business, but also in their relationship through this, through our podcast and through the Mixing Business with Pleasure platform. But like Mike said, we have had the pleasure of interviewing, of, of releasing eight episodes between um, August and September. So this will kind of recap the beginning of the Mixing Business with Pleasure journey. And we intend to kind of do a little recap every month and just kind of go through each of the episodes. Mike, do you want to talk about the topics that we want to focus on? Yes. Yeah, so,
0: I mean, what, what Gabby and I did before just jumping on, we're not completely riffing here. We've, we have kind of outlined the, the main threads that we've found and heard across all the conversations we've had. So, And we split them out into, you know, more of the relationship focused, more of the business focused, and then talking a little bit about parenting uh, with a few of the couples that actually have children too. So let's start on the relationship side. Number one thing we've heard from just about everybody, and we can also second this, is, you know, making time for each other outside of the business. Number two, therapy, make use of it. We'll dive into that a little bit. Number three, communication is key. Probably not surprising, but it very much is. Number four, lean into your support system. And number five, make sure to focus on mental health. So why don't we do that? Let's let's jump into those, Gabby, and then we can talk about business and parenting and stuff afterwards.
2: Okay, great. Let's go back
0: to number one, Uh, making time for each other outside of the business.
2: So one of the things that I remember distinctly and, and absolutely kind of plugging it into my mind castle or whatever it's called, mind palace. I don't know what that gets called. Mind palace. Whatever. Uh, in my head, it's a castle. <laughs> uh, scheduled date night. So Brent and Emily, episode eight, they talked about a strategy that quite frankly, I had never heard before. And uh, if it weren't for this darn COVID, I would say, Mike, we need to implement this. So, my, uh, Brent and Emily had found early into their uh, kind of into their entrepreneurial and uh, romantic relationship that Brent was a bit of a workaholic, and he really, really liked to talk about work kind of all the time, and it was just always percolating on his mind, um, not unlike you, Mike. And uh, me, wow.
0: <laughs> never. I never talk about work.
2: Right. One of the one of the strategies that they implemented, and this was something that they learned from a business mentor, actually, was to schedule two different tiers of date nights. So they do a weekly date night, just the two of them. They get a babysitter. They have two young boys. And the weekly date night is meant to be fun, impromptu, not necessarily planned not necessarily spending a ton of money, but just the two of them. And they gave some examples of that, you know, going to a movie, um, going to a bar and playing some trivia games, grabbing an ice cream, going for a walk, going for a hike, just the two of them doing something that is relatively cheap or free and very easy, very low-key, You know, no no major planning was necessarily involved other than coordinating, you know, details with the babysitter. So that was that was something that is something that they do weekly and it's scheduled and it's on their calendar. And then they do kind of a a higher tier date night, if you will. It's sort of like gold and platinum. So that's kind of like the, you know, gold date night. And then the platinum date night is once a month. That is something that is more planned. It is more deliberate. It is it is obviously more expensive as well. They said that they do you know have a, a higher budget for their platinum date night, and that happens once th- once a month. The main and thing
0: I-, I remember. The main thing I remember uh, Brent talking about was. One of it is either their lawyer or their advisor. Somebody said that, their
2: advisor, uh,
0: you know, like something along the lines of, you know, yeah, this is expensive, but divorce is more expensive kind of thing. So yeah. it's sort of the, the cost benefit analysis of do we spend all this money on going out, uh, you know, is, is worth it. Obviously, everybody's budget is different, but.
2: Right, right. No, and, and that's a good point. I mean, and, and it's tough to do. They even said that, you know, because of COVID, it is tough for them to do that right now. Um, you know, to have babysitters and to be for everybody to to do that right now, right? Exactly, but but you know, in non-COVID times, that was a strategy that they had uh that they had implemented, you know, a weekly nonchalant casual date night, and then a monthly more expensive, more luxurious. Sometimes it was a weekend getaway. Sometimes it was, you know, night at a hotel, you know, something where it was just the two of them. And the hard and fast rule for all of their date nights, you know, the gold and the platinum, if you will. They go on the calendar. They go on the calendar and no shop top chop talk, no business. So that was a strategy that we heard and we learned from Brent and Emily from episode eight. Oh. And I- We
0: heard, have, we haven't learned it just yet. We've, we've, <laughs> you and I have tried. We we had, I think we still do. I don't know. I think we, we, we planned on, we have a monthly date night on the calendar. We've had it for a while. We've very rarely stuck to it. Now, actually, this is something we're trying is, so Gabby and I just ordered and signed up for a like a monthly subscription date night in a box thing. Again, it's something to just make it make date night more like, well, I guess we could say easier and more scheduled. Uh, so we'll let y'all know how that goes.
2: Well, and you know, Mike, let's be real here. COVID-19 has kind of obliterated our plans and obliterated, yeah, it's obliterated um, a
0: lot of plans. Just, just about, about, everything about everything
2: for everybody. <laughs> so date nights, you know, really didn't continue into 2020.
0: So, so the point number two is therapy, and that's obviously a really broad topic. And you guys might be going like, "Why do people? Why would you need therapy?" Therapy is for people who have problems. And while I think that might be true, we talked a lot about this with Chris and Oyuki, Chris Martinez or Yuki Gallegos of Dude Agency uh, in episode two. So. Take a listen to that for more detail. But really, what they talked about was while they definitely use therapy, going through some hard times in their personal lives—you know, deaths in the family, things like that—they also really recommended for pretty much you know any time there's a major change, whether it's a new relationship, or a new business, new whatever, therapy is is, is a good idea. Because it's just a you know thinking about it more of as just a set of tools and communication strategies and tactics to you know address problems rather than thinking of it as like, oh my God, it's you know we're going to therapy. we have some real issues
2: well, and what i what I love what Chris said was that, you know he 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 really just said, to, to, to de-stigmatize it. And, and to just be like, look guys, you know, and he was speaking to men, but I think, I think this is across the board, men, women, however you identify, whatever kind of relationship you're in, whether you work with a spouse or not, or a partner. um, He really just said like, don't be embarrassed by going to therapy. Don't be embarrassed by, by saying that, that you need therapy, because if you think about it for every single part of our body and function we have a doctor, you know, there's a, there's an eye doctor, an ear doctor, a nose doctor, a foot doctor, and the therapy is really just a brain doctor, you know, I mean, there, there are brain surgeons, that's a little different, but, but our brains are so complex, you know, and, and homo sapiens humans, we are the most complex beings on the earth. And so why wouldn't we spend time working on our brain working on our mental health and our emotional health and so you know if you think about it that way it just it just makes so much sense and honestly it should be something that the more people do and, 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 and is less stigmatized. And, you know, speaking from personal experience, we, we may do an episode on this at some point, just Mike and I, but, but both Mike and I individually and together, well, individually myself, and then together as a couple, we have gone through therapy and we've, we have done some therapy and counseling for a few different things going on in our lives. And uh, I can't, Recommended enough, you know, and 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 you don't have to take my word for it because our amazing guests Chris and Oyuki from episode two are also a huge fan of therapy and use it quite frequently in their relationship. Well, and, I, and I will
0: say though, like you know, I remember I distinctly remember Chris calling out, you know, the the guys, if you will, on the fact of you know, there's the stigma of you know men having to be strong and therapy is for the weak and all that jazz. And you know, he's not wrong in the sense of you know, just a couple of years ago, I probably. I, I would have been thinking the exact same thing. So I do think that stigma is there and it's something that ideally needs to go away because it's, it's nothing but good can come out of it, I think. All right, so I guess a good segue is point number three, which is communication is key. Again, not surprising. Obviously couples need to communicate and business partners need to communicate. And this is sort of you know lumping the two things together
2: let's be real. I mean, you have heard this before. Communication is key. This is not revolutionary. This is not the first time that you're hearing this, but it is a good time to remind yourself of that. It is a good time to always remember that the foundation of every relationship, any relationship for that matter, is communication. This is true Go ahead, Mike, what were you going to oh, say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think
0: <laughs> what you're saying segues really well into one of the conversations we had uh, with Sherry Walling specifically about, you know, it's, you need it in every relationship, but when you take a regular relationship, put it on or combine it or put it on top of a business relationship, now it's sort of compounds, right? And it's that yes. much more important. So yes. what Sherry recommends is, you know, really making your personal communication between the, the the couple more formal so in yes. the sense of if you have a big decision to make or a difficult conversation needs to be had whether it's business or personal or both and oftentimes it is going to be both because your business affects your personal schedule an appointment and come ready so you know write out your notes come ready to the discussion and put it on the calendar so you say okay for the next hour Gabby you and I are going to talk about whatever, hiring or something like that, right? Because we're, we're, we're maybe it's an HR issue. We're making this up. We're not having the HR problems right now, but.
2: <laughs> we have had them in the We past, have had them. But, uh, uh, but thankfully today, you know, things are going well today. No, I completely agree with you, Mike. And I absolutely loved that piece of advice from Sherry. You know, just to reiterate it, she said, set an appointment and come prepared. Think about it, like if you're working with a colleague or a boss or somebody in your company or a client even, or or a vendor, whoever it is, if you need to have a conversation with that person, if you need to get something done, if you need something from that person, more than likely you're setting a meeting. Maybe that's a Zoom call, maybe it's it's an in-person meeting, but you're setting a meeting, it's on the calendar. Typically there's an agenda, and then there's action items that come out of that. And, you know, Sherry's whole thing was, well, why wouldn't you do that with your spouse? You know, and 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 I will say that Mike and I, we've been doing that. We actually have a standing <laughs> oh, you're Sorry, going to say I'm, I'm laughing
0: because I was gonna say we have been doing that and we do it, but we also do the complete opposite, which ends up being generally a disaster where either you or I will run into the other person's office with. Like a major thing, and interrupt the other person. and go, "Hey, let's talk about this." And it's like this is not a two-minute discussion. This is
2: that is let's true. Put a pin in it. That's let's true. let's
0: put it on the agenda for the big meeting.
2: That is true. We've both been guilty about that, and Sherry even talked about that on her podcast. Is like, you know, making time to have business discussions in a in a formal manner with your partner, but also putting a perimeter around certain areas and times in your life where you don't have these discussions and specifically one of the things she talked about was dinner time you know making that a sacred time especially if you have children making that a sacred time as much as possible to not talk about business stuff in front of the kids and I'm laughing now because we do this constantly and to some extent it's been very beneficial for our daughter at least I'd like to think so but I'm also I've also been ever since that episode with Sherry and Rob which was episode five ever since that episode I have been making a much more Concerted effort of trying to limit my work conversations during dinner time and definitely like after dinner. You know, we really just... like for the
0: most part we've failed at
2: that. Oh,
0: um, we, we do an okay job at it.
2: I mean, look, speak for yourself, Mike, because I've been <laughs> making an effort. Okay, <laughs> um, I will also say,
0: note to self, make make a bigger effort,
2: make a bigger <laughs> I will say that some of the strategies that Mike and I have with our business. So, um, for those that don't know we are, the, the podcast is our passion project. Our main business is called Proofpoint Marketing. It's a remote digital marketing agency. What we do is we have an executive team meeting every week. That's me and Mike. And we have an agenda for the most part. And we come prepared and we talk about, look, here are the things in the business. Here are the things with our employees. Here are the things with our clients. Some, some weeks we skip. Some weeks were not as organized, but generally speaking, that is a sacred time on our calendar. Well, and the other
0: thing to add to that too is we we haven't been as good at keeping this one going, but when we do, I think it's really helpful is we have an executive team meeting, if you will, on the personal stuff, right? Where it's it's not business, it's everything else. It's you know, our daughter's got some medical needs, so we'll have to discuss those and how we're gonna do that and house stuff, relationships stuff, whatever it is, but those items are just as important, if not more important. And you have to give them their own space and time. So whenever we've done that, usually we, I remember we used to do it about once a month. We haven't been as consistent with it, but we should be more consistent with it. Note for everybody else.
2: A a note to self again, Mike.
0: Note to self (laughs) and to everybody else. Like it's very, when you're running a business together, it's very easy to just focus on the business. And I mean, we're talking about ourselves here. It's, you know, we've been very guilty of that. But you really do have to give the time and the space for all the other things that any normal couple, if they're not running a business, would be spending time discussing and talking
2: about. And I think this is a perfect segue to kind of talk about the other big bullet point from Sherry and and, and Rob's episode, episode five, is, you know, when it comes to the relationship and the non-business side of things, lean into your support system. And boy, do we have much to share on this point I will be the first to say, and Mike, I know you echo me on this, that we could not be running our business or doing our podcast or pretty much anything else in our life if it wasn't for our support system. And, you know, our, our first line of defense are our parents. We are so very lucky and blessed that both my parents and mike's parents live very close to us here in the twin cities and you know we're millennials in our 30s and I know that there was a time in both of our lives where we resented our parents, where we thought they were annoying, where we're like, oh my God, I can't wait to move out of this house and 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 careful so on what and so you forth. say,
0: because they do listen to these.
2: They do listen. <laughs> I know. But what I am gonna say is that it has come full circle because ever since us starting a family, having our, our daughter and starting a business, I have oh my god, I'm gonna start crying. I have so much more appreciation and love. And respect and admiration for our parents. And we're very lucky that we have our parents alive with us and that they're just such an integral part in our lives because they really do help us tremendously. And so that that's that's us leaning into our support system. And you know, more specifically. My parents will cook for us. They'll go grocery shopping for us. They have done that in the past. Uh, they will take our daughter. Mike's parents take our daughter three times a week uh, because of COVID and because she grandma daycare, grandma grandma preschool actually, uh, because our daughter has some underlying health needs. Uh, we made the decision early on into the pandemic that we would not put her in the schools in the school this year, and. Uh, She's five years old. She's very inquisitive. She loves Star Wars. And we could not do what we're doing if we did not have that support from our parents. So, um, mom and dad, Jenny and Fema, if you're listening, my goodness, we love you so, so much. We thank you so, so much. And um, we do lean into our support system. And I I know that we are very blessed to have you in our lives. I also know that a lot of our listeners out there, a lot of people out there that are in business together may not have parents that are either alive or in good health to help out with young children, or they may have parents that live really far away. Well, and
0: that's what I wanted to, I wanted to mention too. So I mean, we're lucky that we have that. The support system, obviously family is important, but even you know, for a long time, so we had dedicated nannies for our daughter for years. Now with COVID, we had to, Put a, put a, stop to that. Uh, but we had a nanny. I mean, she, well, they weren't living nannies, but they were here, you know, eight to 10 hours a day, Monday through yeah. Friday. And yep. Sometimes they come on the weekends to yep. give us a little bit of a break. Uh, Care-
2: caregivers, nannies, um, babysitters. Those are, those are all your supports. Friends. Assistant. If you've got friends, friends that are willing to do it. Neighbors. We have an amazing neighbor that has a son who's, um, our daughter's age and she is so great about letting the kids play together and come over and jump on the trampoline. And so, so your support system uh, is oftentimes your parents. But don't be you, shy about using
0: your support system. That's the don't
2: shit. don't yeah. And and it can be more than just your parents. It can be pretty much anyone that you trust and that uh, that has your best interests at heart and that. Loves you and loves your family, um, and that is your support system. And so Sherry talked a lot about that, and that was not to take us
0: five. not to take us way off topic, but just a, more of a general sentiment too. I think, I think as entrepreneurs and even people in general, it's like asking for help, I think in our culture, especially sometimes, is seen as a sign of weakness. It sort of goes back to the same thing as therapy. I think where a lot mm-hmm. of maybe this is more in men than in women. I don't, I don't know. I know I definitely had a problem with it before our daughter was born. Um, like asking for help was not in my nature, and I think just in general, it was not um, even
2: in your vocabulary. You, <laughs> didn't, you didn't even know how to physically do it.
0: So. That is that that is that is true, uh, but this, so I think that's what I'm getting at. Is you know, leaning into your support system it can be more than just we're, we've really talked about it just in terms of childcare, but I think. It's really the, the the main theme here is it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help in your relationship. Maybe you need a, a somebody to talk about a relationship problem or whatnot. Now that could be a therapist, that could be a friend, whatever. Maybe it's a business thing. Maybe you need help with childcare. Maybe you're you know especially as a if you're a couple that runs a business together. Maybe you've just got a really 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 busy time. I don't know whatever. If you're running a store and you've got holidays, you need somebody to help out with stuff. Like it's okay to ask for help.
2: Yeah, or and if you're one,
0: getting into financial stuff too, I mean that's the other thing, you know. One
2: anyway. other, one last point on this, and this goes back to a couple of our, a couple of our guests have said this. Most notably, that I recall is uh, Brent and Brent and Emily from episode eight. Uh, you know, your support system could also be a mentor, and 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 it probably should be. Mike and I have had mentors in our careers prior to starting our business I've had some amazing mentors that I that I love very much like they were like my uncle's you know like my aunt's you know extension of my family and we had an amazing biz, business advisor and mentor for proof point that we care for very deeply maybe he's listening today and uh, and and so Brent talked about having a mentor and just a buddy, like an entrepreneurial buddy that he goes to, and so that he's not overloading Emily, his wife, on everything for the business. And it, it also gives him an outlet to talk about things and to test things and to kind of just like talk about things outside of the business with your spouse. You know, if you're in business with your spouse or your, your partner, or you work together, sometimes it can be stifling and sometimes it can be overwhelming to have the same conversations with the same person about the same things. So one of the tips that I also took away from Brent and Emily was having mentors. And even so far as going to have separate mentors in your It business. wasn't as much
0: just mentors, but just having somebody that you can commiserate with almost or just bring it doesn't have to be in like a like a formal mentor relationship, but and the reality is is part of the reason why Gabby and I started mixing business with pleasure was selfish. We wanted to talk to other people that were doing this whole husband and wife business owner thing. Um and learn from them and potentially have you know people to chat with about. Them. And we have, you know, have, you know we've we've met the people who a couple of people we who are have, local we've met yeah. up with. For lunch and whatnot, and we've you know we've talked had, about issues that we're having mostly in the business, but still,
2: we've had lunch with Tim and Bia. Um, shout out to you guys if you're listening. Uh, they are such an, a fun couple, and they're both agency owners. You know, they have a digital marketing agency. They do slightly different things than we do. They have a, a different audience than we do. So you know, there's there's no you know rub or hard feelings in that regard but we also hung out with Jason and Shelly. We've also hung out with Jason and Shelly which was lovely and amazing. You know, with COVID it's been tough to 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 make these appointment to make these, you know, double dates and go out with with these folks, but everyone who is local and 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 wants to hang out with us, we we would love that. And and like Mike said, selfishly, we started mixing business with pleasure because entrepreneurial you know, being it, being in an entrepreneurial relationship can be lonely. Being an entrepreneur can be lonely, but then being in a relationship and owning a business with your partner, it's, it seems like it's an oxymoron, but it can also be very isolating. Um, and so we wanted very selfishly (laughs) to meet up with couples that are like us that have a business together. So, um, I want to round out the the relationship tips so that we can jump into business tips. The last one that that we felt was really noteworthy and something that we wanted to spend time on. we've kind of touched a little bit on this is prioritizing mental health. And this could be this couldn't be more more timely and more true and more important than now especially with what's going on in the world i mean everybody has been affected in some way shape or form because of the pandemic because of quarantine and so sherry walling from episode 5 uh, as i mentioned earlier she's a clinical psychologist she really focused on mental health and 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 you know one of the things that that she said one of her key takeaways is you as an individual, you know, outside of your business, outside of your relationship with your partner, outside of your responsibilities as a parent, if you are one, or as a daughter or son, or you know, outside of the expectations that everyone has for you, do something, find something, cultivate time just for yourself. Do something that is, in her exact words, were, do something that is life-giving, and. Um, For her, this is a really cool hobby, uh, and maybe there's other people that do this out there. For her, she is an aerial yoga practitioner, so she does aerial yoga and aerial acrobatics, and I follow her on Instagram, and she sometimes posts these these amazing videos. I mean, it's like Cirque du Soleil for me, and... um, And I just thought that that was just, you know, it's very simple advice. I'm sure you've heard it before, but man, does it hit home, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, especially working with your spouse, because Mike and I, even though we have separate offices, we do spend a lot of time together. We live in the same house. We run a business together. We host, we co-host a podcast. We're co-parenting and co-raising our daughter. We sometimes go on date nights and sometimes have time just just for the two of us, but especially now because of COVID, it's been a lot harder for us individually to do our hobbies and to do the things that we like to do individually. So that is something that I know I'm trying to work on a little bit more. And Mike, is there anything else you want to talk about on that point?
0: The, the last thing I want to mention, I think related to that is there's a number of people we've spoken with that talked about, you know, really making time for your hobbies as well, which is similar to what Cherry was, Cherry was talking about. So um, I remember Brent and Emily talked about. You know, Brent's a BMX biker, and Emily rides horses. A number of other, you know, a number.
2: Well, Mike, let's move. We've talked a lot about a love and relationship tips. We've talked about the pleasure side. Now let's talk about the business side. So there's There's uh, some consistent themes that we've heard across the board, and we'll give you kind of the big overview and then we'll dive into each one of them, kind of like what we did before. So, the first one is define your roles. Next is uh, managing two different businesses and kind of the consistent feedback that we've heard from most of our guests when it comes to growing and scaling two different businesses. this is an, a really good one. Find and focus on what you're good at and then hire everything else out. Uh, next, this is a little unique to, to our guests and, and to, to some listeners, but you know, if you at some point decide to bring on another business partner or another entity in your business outside of your, of your romantic partner, um, really focus on the due diligence and um, and we'll go into some details there. Be willing and open to pivot and change. Uh, this is a big one for 2020, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Next is operationalizing the business. And last but not least, uh, this idea of just do it in the words of Nike, or just ship it in the words of Seth Godin. So we'll go We'll go through those um, in more detail. Mike, why don't you kick us off and, and take that first bullet point?
0: This is our favorite, because we failed at this one miserably initially. <laughs> um, define who does what very clearly. So this gets into, and we, we've heard this from pretty much everybody we've talked to. Um, Tim and Bia talked about it in episode one, and Jason and Shelley talked about it in episode three, Eric and Nancy in episode six. So for, for those listening, feel free to listen to those in more detail and on their specific thoughts. But really, it's, it can be very easy uh, as a husband and wife or, or just a, as a couple that are just running a business together to sort of be like, okay, well, we, you know, we live together, we're married or, or whatnot. We can figure this out. Let's just, Let's just go jump in and start doing things. And what inevitably, inevitably will happen, which happened to Gabby and I, is you start stepping on each other's toes, and you start getting into arguments, and or vice versa, things just start falling through the cracks, because one is thinking, well, I'm thinking Gabby's going to do it, Gabby's thinking I'm going to do it, and then neither of us does. it. So really, the specifically, if you listen to episode three and episode six, uh, what you'll hear both of those couples talking about is writing out very, very detailed job descriptions, So no different than if you were just business partners and weren't husband and wife or whatnot, really define what it is that each of you is going to do. What are you responsible for? And be very, very specific Um, because then there's no questions.
2: Um, Yeah. And I, and I, not to cut you off by Mike, but I remember very specifically from episode six, Nancy and Eric. um, This is a couple that has been in business for over 20 years. And, or am I? Do I have that right, Mike? Is it over twenty years? Yeah, they've been in business for over twenty years. And one of the things that they said that they wish they would have done early on is write out job descriptions, write out their role and responsibility, because they were getting into each other's lane. They were, well, and it was
0: affecting their employees. I mean, they're they're not a huge company. I think they have like ten employees, but. If, and a few more in the past, but what they talked about is people didn't know who to go to for what. Yeah. Because if there's no job description, it's like, well, do I go to this person for this problem or do I go to this other person for this problem? Or, and then you start getting into these weird, and this actually reminds me of my very first gig out of college where I, actually, I worked for a husband and wife team that did not do this and it was a disaster. Like,
2: Well, and you even said that that couple whom you worked for, they did not just, they, they made it very... Not obvious that they were husband and wife. You yeah, know, there they, was that too.
0: That was, that's just extreme. But even
2: the, yeah, they went so far as to try to hide the fact that they were husband. I don't and know wife. if they
0: were hiding it. They just didn't talk about it, which I think is weird. But you know, that that's that's a little that part's off topic because I think that's that's extreme. But the 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 point is, is in that business, nobody knew who to go to. You didn't know whether to go to the, the husband or the wife or whatever because you didn't know what the heck he, either of them did. Yeah. So then you ended up and then. You might get your hand slapped by going to one and go, oh no, that's my job and whatnot. So,
2: yeah, I, I would say um, a lot of our couples have talked about this. Jason and Shelly from episode three, Nancy and Eric from episode six, um, and also our first couple, Tim and Bia from episode one. So this is a huge topic, and and I would and and I, I want to be completely honest and open and transparent. Mike and I have been in business for going on four years we have not written out formal job descriptions. So big shame We've gotten about halfway there. Big shame (laughs) on us. Like our employees know what each of us does. We have an org chart. We have, we've defined our roles. We've defined our
0: roles at a high level, but we haven't written out a formal job description.
2: Yeah, and that is something that was actually, uh, prior to recording any of these episodes, that was something that I had told Mike that we need to do over the summer. We still haven't done it, but it is on our plate. It is something that hopefully in Q four. It's on our
0: whiteboard. We've kind of done it. We just haven't written the job descriptions based on what we put out there.
2: Yeah, hopefully it's something we'll uh, we'll finish in Q four here, Mike. But well, I guess know, actually
0: that, that's that's interesting because somebody, people might be asking, well, how do we write out job descriptions for two like two like Let's assume, especially in a business where maybe there's only two, just the two people. Uh, we've talked to a couple of people like that, but you know what, Gabby and I did is we we. Pretty much built out a matrix of what are each of us good at, and we got really, really granular. And what are each of us bad at? And then what do we? And then what are the things that we like to do? And what are the things that we don't like to do? And you take those two things and combine them. You can very quickly get to okay. Here are the things that Mike. The Mike's going to focus on, the Mike's responsible for. Here are the things that Gabby's going to focus on. Gabby's responsible for. And then this actually gets into point number six or seven on here for everything else hire it out. Yeah. Temp, well, permanent, and, whatever it is.
2: And depending on where you are in the life cycle of your business, depending on how big your company is, depending on how many employees you have, you know, there are going to be some things that maybe as the founders and, 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 and co-owners of the business that you're going to do right now that you really don't want to do. There are going to be things that you might end up doing for a while before you can hire somebody, before you can bring on um, an employee or an assistant, or or what whatever that may look like. But it's important I- to
0: know what those are because otherwise you can't make a plan for 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 doing it. Or you you keep maybe you're going to do the thing that you really don't like for too long because you haven't established the fact that oh, neither one of us likes doing this thing. So let's yeah. prioritize getting the right resource for it.
2: Yeah, I would say this is not something that our couples have talked about specifically on the show, but this is something that Mike and I have talked about quite a bit and so I would, you know, just to kind of round out this point, I would say absolutely put down in in writing in a document that lives on your server. You know, we use Google Drive, so in your Google Drive or whatever that may look like, put down your job descriptions. Uh, write out roles and responsibilities. Make it so that everyone in your organization knows what those are and, and that they can access those files easily. That way you eliminate any sort of you know, questions or confusion on that. If, if you're a small organization, if you're you know, depending on the life cycle of your business, Mike, you brought up a really good point. This is something that we have done recently. Do a simple matrix of the things that, you, that have to get done, the things that you like to do, And the things that you don't want to do or you're not good at. And do that for both you and your partner. And have that also in writing somewhere that's handy. Because it may be that for the next one, two, three, four, five years, you're doing things that you don't really want to be doing. But as soon as you can and as soon as you're able... Uh, look at your hiring uh, forecast, look at your growth plan in the company and identify those roles and the types of individuals that can start to take away those things on your plate as a a business owner that you don't want to do. And these
0: don't have to be, we're we're getting a little bit away from this, but I think it's a very important thing, which is it doesn't have to be a permanent, uh, like a full-time resource. And I also think that it's important, uh, especially as I think this is especially true if you're doing what this has maybe negative connotation sometimes, but like what's called the lifestyle business. If you're in that, think about the things that you really don't want to do. Is it really worth uh, whatever one or two, let's just say maybe a one point of extra point of margin to keep having to do that. Or like, I'll give you an example for, uh, for me, it was very quickly all our finance and accounting. I got outsourced years ago because could I theoretically do it? Yeah. Was I really good at it? No. And was I dreading it? Was I dreading it every single time? And there's, the, there's the whole you know, opportunity cost thing and whatnot. But even if, even if it's not the business opportunity cost, it's, it's just a drain on your brain.
2: You know? It was eating into your time as an executive of doing things that the business needed. And that's, that's you know, I think I, I want to put a pin in this discussion because this is brilliant and we're, we're, we're dropping some real truth bombs here, but, but I want to make sure we get through these other points because we have a couple of other business tips and parenting. But I think, Mike, we could easily do another segment, um, maybe a mini episode just on everything that we're talking about.
0: For those listening, drop us a note. If you want a little mini segment for Gabby and I on that, uh, yeah. we will do that.
2: Let's do that. Well, let's, let's, go, let's move on. So this is something that we've also heard from a couple of our, uh, a couple of our couples already. Um, Rob and Sherry from episode five, Mikolai and Allison from episode seven, and Brent and Emily from episode eight. And that is this idea of this was a question that Mike had asked he had asked these guys these are I all very ser- selfishly asked the question yes these these are all serial entrepreneurs episodes 5 7 and 8 he asked the question is you know is it possible as a serial entrepreneur to manage and scale two completely different two or more completely different businesses at the same time and my well, my question
0: was just can you can you scale more than one business at the same time in general and there their response was pretty much, there's, there's a couple of things, but one of the main things was if they're disparate businesses, no.
2: Can't yeah, o- almost across the board, you know, five, seven, and eight, they said pretty much the same thing. It's like, it's really hard to have two completely separate different businesses and multiple businesses If you don't have somebody or a group of people or a team of people that are managing the day-to-day operations, so if you as a co-founder and co-owner of multiple businesses are the one responsible for managing the day-to-day operations, man, if you can do that, kudos to you because I don't know how we could do that. And our guests from episodes five, seven, and eight said that they couldn't do that. Well, and we, that said, it was... we
0: should probably take a step back at it because the reason we asked the question in the first place is, you know, we're running Proofpoint, which is, the, which is the, the B2B marketing agency. And then we started Mixing Business with Pleasure, the podcast. Initially, it was just meant to be a passion project, but now we've, we have grander plans for it. Well, you don't,
2: know, so... don't spill the beans just yet. I'm not going to spill the beans. Okay, don't Let's spill the beans. Humanity.
0: But because of that, you know, we we wanted to ask, you know, Ken, how do you do this? Because honestly, we were starting to feel it a bit and we still are.
2: Well, and, and, you know, beyond mixing business with pleasure, because at this point, you know, it still is a podcast. It still is a passion project, but in the past, you and I have talked about, um, and, and this is something that we may still do, you know, with Proofpoint, for example, we're, we're focused on digital marketing. Um, but we've talked about having, you know, Proofpoint recruiting. We've talked about having an arm of Proofpoint that's focused on creative and, and um, you know, d- graphic design. And those are not services that we offer currently, but those are things that are interesting to us that are tangential to our business that we have found could be useful and valuable to our ideal clients and, and our current clients. Um, but those are things that we just couldn't do ourselves. You know, we'd have to either bring in a partner or, or really scale to be able to, to, to acquire a business of that nature. So, you know, the, the main point here that I think was, was consistent across the board was that unless you have somebody or a group of people that are helping you to manage the day-to-day operations of each of your businesses, it's going to be very hard for you to grow and scale.
0: Um, and what what also came out of both Rob in episode five and all, and then Brent in episode eight was this whole thing of what I what I'm calling I guess follow the money. So, in uh, both of them sort of talked about one and a very sp- Brent talked about this very specifically about his current and past business, and then Rob talked about it a little bit more generally, where you know if you're doing more than one thing at the same time and you don't have the resources to hire somebody to help, you have to sort of pick where you wanna focus and then find a good home for the other thing. And it might just be shutting it down completely. Or if we look at or selling it, and in Brent's case, that's kind of what happened was he talked about having an agency that kind of created a secondary service offering, which actually then you know, ended up making 50% of the money and they were spending, he said, I think roughly 20% of the time, And that's sort of where the whole follow the money thing comes where it's like, okay, well I can spend all my time on this thing. That's bringing 50% of the revenue. This can be much bigger. Right. So they decided to sell the agency and move their efforts into this thing, which is now called you gurus. Um, And
2: you know, one last point on this from episode seven, Mikolai and Allison. they are such an interesting couple. They have had several different businesses and they were all so disparate and different and that was one of, the, one of the challenges they had. And one of the things that they said was, you know, the businesses need to have something in common. You know, there needs to be something that sort of ties them together. And they, they worked in a company that manufactured a really unique and niche roof rack for you know sports enthusiasts for you know a roof rack for your car they were in um they did they a, did
0: several cpg products
2: they did cpg they, they were in a cbd business um which and which that was a really interesting so if you're into cbd um check out uh episode seven and allison but kind of the just to kind of um wrap this one up is you know if you are a serial entrepreneur or you have multiple ideas on other businesses that you would like to develop at some point. Um, here's what we heard from our guests. You know, uh, don't do sh- it. <laughs> no, that's not true. They said, um, you know, make sure you have somebody that's managing the day-to-day operations well in each of your businesses. Uh, you know, if you have multiple interests, eventually just choose the one that is the most profitable and and really focus on that and double down your efforts there. Uh, before moving on to something else. And last but not least, uh, most, you know, for the most level of success, try to grow businesses that have some commonality.
0: Yep. And this kind of is a good segue into the next one, which I've already sort of touched on, uh, which is focus on the things that you're good at and hire everything else out. We've talked about this quite a bit, but uh, I want to bring up a couple examples. So in episode two, Chris and Oyuki, who also they run a, a web development outsourcing agency, They're fairly big at this point. I like think they have like forty or fifty employees. Yeah, et they're cetera. called
2: Dude Dude Agency. Dude Agency. And just to give them a little bit of a plug, we're not getting paid for this, but Chris and Oyuki, if you wanna, you know, kick us something, we'd be happy for that. We've actually used Dude Agency for our website for Proofpoint Marketing. Not now, the one didn't... that's
0: out there now. They're building it as we speak.
2: Uh, n- no, that's not true, Mike. You're you're. Completely. Oh,
0: sorry for proof point. Yes.
2: Yeah. You're, you're just, let me just I'm, say I'm, this here. I messed Just let up. me just, just <laughs> let me say. So we have used a dude agency um, to help us with a few things for our current website, proof point marketing that they didn't build the whole entire website for us. Uh, but they are, they have helped us with a couple of pages and a couple of things on the back end. and um, dude agency is actually building out, um our website for mixing business with pleasure currently we have a transistor site that was always supposed to be temporary um and it but still, is temporary. And it still t- is temporary the mixing business with pleasure website is coming out very soon and we are so excited and dude agency has done an amazing job with that um, okay end of plug continue <laughs> Mike. <my anger. laughs>
0: free advertising chris free advertising um, yes so the uh, What they talked about is, you know, I remember Chris specifically talking about it It took him a while to really kind of figure out that, you know, he's not good at everything. Right. And that's also where part of the reason why Oyuki came in because she was really good at the HR and the finance aspects, which he admittedly, I remember saying that he kind of sucked at and a few other things. And then, you know, he's over time, they've built up a, a very solid, uh, you know, leadership team, et cetera, and, and brought in the right people to, to sort of help, help run the business appropriately where Chris can focus on the things he's good at and Yuki can focus on the things that
2: she's good at. Yeah. Um, and
0: and then- it's similar also to Michael and Allison, actually, the, uh, they more specifically brought in a, a third business partner, which we'll talk about that in a minute, but they realized fairly quickly that neither... Neither of them had an operational bone in their body. Um, And And this is
2: episode seven in case you Episode
0: seven, yep, Yep. you can listen to that. Those guys are hilarious. And they brought in a third business partner that is the operations person. Uh, And they've done some really cool things since since then. Uh, And actually, quick little plug for them, uh, we are a client of theirs as well with their sales coaching business,
2: so. Yes, the beauty about what mixing business with pleasure has done for us and what we want to foster and enable for everyone that listens to, to our podcast is that it's, it's been, it's, it's been really helpful in creating a community for us, you know, and like, uh, like, you know, maybe you're like us that, you know, we want to work with like-minded individuals. We want to hire and use services from people that we trust, people that we like, people that know and respect us, or at least, you know, have some knowledge of who we are and, and, and have some interest in what we're doing. And so that's been really, really valuable to us. And again, this is not paid. We're not getting any sort of kickback from any of the <laughs> folks that we've interviewed, but we have worked with a dude agency, Kristen Oyuki, episode two, and we will continue to use their services as, as we need them. Um, we are currently working with Nikolai and Allison, episode seven. And, uh, and we've ha- we, we, we have a couple of other episodes that in October that we've also done some business with. And again, this is, not, um, this is not paid advertising. We're just telling you people that we've loved to work with through this community. And hopefully through this community, you, our listeners, can also make valuable connections with, with, our, list, with our guests, um, maybe with us, maybe with people in our network. So this is something that we love to do is, uh, is mix business with pleasure, but also reinforce the pleasure side of business through valuable connections.
0: So let's go out of the, let's go on to the uh, next one here. So we, we talked about, you know, we just talked about finding what you're good at and hiring everything else out that really ties into pretty well into one of the next points, which is focusing on operationalizing the business to be able to scale. We can actually the the main uh, reference here again, episode two with Chris Martinez and Yuki Gallegos of Dude Agency. They have established on their side that there's a very specific position that they need to hire for, that allows them to bring on x number of new clients. So they've created this, they've kind of operationalized the scaling of the business where. You hire this one person. They get a couple of people underneath them. Next thing you know, you can bring on another five or ten clients or whatever it is, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's often, that's the agency side of things, but just about every business operations is what's going to allow you to scale because there's yeah. only so much that you can do ad hoc and uh, and just wing it. If you
2: will. Yeah. The next two points are really from episode seven. I mean, I think we've heard little inklings of this from our other episodes, but two of the more salient business tips that we've heard came from Nikolai and Alice in episode seven. One was around really doing the due diligence around choosing an external third party, third partner. Yeah. That's a very
0: good, very good tip.
2: Yeah. I mean, and one of the things that Nikolai said was like, go into this like it is a prenup, you know, and, and, and it's, it's funny. His, his
0: exact words were, I believe, write that ops agreement like a prenup,
2: like a prenup, baby. Yeah. I mean, if you and your spouse or your partner, your romantic partner, your life partner have a business together, generally speaking, you're on the same path in terms of, you know, your, your goals, your vision, my goals are Mike's goals and vice versa. When you bring on a third party individual to they're be a third a part, wheel
0: really
2: they're a third wheel, right? So you know, really doing that due diligence, I know that um we actually know the person that is now the third partner in mcline Allison Allison's business, and we're so happy for all of them because they're such a lovely trio, but um and Allison really talked a lot about. You know, multiple rounds of interviews, references. Um, they talk. Know, the
0: job description came up here too. Job description. Write out, yeah. write out the job description, and just give it to the person. And be like, does Does this sound like you? Yes or no. Right,
2: and just and and don't be. You know, don't. You know, obviously, in any in any situation in life, you know, you need to be flexible. You need to negotiate. You need to be willing to give and take. But Miklai said specifically, like, know where you draw the line in the sand. You know, if you're bringing on a third partner into your business that's not family, that's, you know, not, you know, outside of the company, know where you draw the line, know where you're going to, where you don't want to bend because that's where um, challenges can come up with, with being with, you know, a third party. That's not your, that's not your romantic. It doesn't person. live with
0: you. And right. That, that's not your romantic you partner, partner.
2: right The, the then, other
0: actually thing real quick before I move on the other really important one that Gabby, you know, you and I have actually talked about this in the past, which is be very careful about hiring your friends. And I remember Allison specifically saying, you know, hire the right bring on the right partner not the convenient one
2: yeah because your friends
0: are yes. there they're con- it's convenient you know them maybe they need some help maybe they're looking for a job you're like oh this could fit and i know gabby you and i had actually talked about this at one point you know we've got some friends that could in theory maybe be the right person for the job but are they the right partner those are two And that you know that's actually this just came in this just came out, but I think it's an important distinction, right? You might, you know, are they the right person for the job, but are they the right partner? Those are two, I think, very different things. Yeah. Because a partner in the business and more than is more than just a uh, a cog in the wheel or whatnot, right? They're they're Well, and
2: I, I would say to extend that further, Mike, I think, you know, hiring a partner in your business, that's also a friend is one thing. But hiring a friend who's not necessarily going to be a partner in your business, but who who is going to be an employee in your business, that's also something that, you know, you need to, we have talked about it. We have, like like you've said, Mike, a couple of friends who are in the similar type of work in us and who could, in theory, be an employee in our company. And we... We've talked about that and we've said, you know, is this the right thing because we don't want to tarnish the friendship. We don't want the friendship to get in the way of that person performing on the job, um, and so on and so forth. So I think there was, there was a lot of, you know, when choosing a business partner, you know, Go to episode seven, McLean, Allison. I think there's a lot of good stuff there. But I think even if you're not looking for a business partner per se, but you're looking to hire an employee, or or maybe someone that's very high up in the company, not a partner per se, but but a director or. I don't even know that it matters. I think ever, it could be
0: the most junior person ever if it's it a could friend.
2: Be. Right. I think, I think it's, the, if it's the, a friend, the story is still the same. Right. Right. Another another really valuable thing from episode seven is, okay, and this is so, so valuable here in 2020, is be open and willing to change and pivot. We heard this from Mikolai and Allison in episode seven. I think we've heard it even from Tim and Bia in episode one.
0: We've heard it from a lot of people even, whether, it's, yeah. whether it's been explicit or not, but just about everybody's talked about, you know, kind of changing direction appropriately when when it makes sense
2: right you know. i mean and, and if if 2020 has not <laughs> has not given you the clue that it's okay to change and you have to pivot and um and you're not and, and you know well, we, we can talk that. about a a
0: very personal example personal but uh, an example from our own from proof point from our company is
2: go for with, it with
0: you know with covid we you know, things were slow for a little while and uh, we had somebody leave the company because of that. Things are picking back up, et cetera. But what it did is it gave us the opportunity to sort of look at the business and say, okay, was what we we're doing before actually the right way to proceed? And we actually, we didn't pivot from the business. We're still, a you know, a B2B marketing agency, but the way that we are servicing and the way that we're going to structure the team and everything is definitely changing. And we sort of took that opportunity to make that pivot.
2: That is true, um, Mike. Yeah. We, we have talked, you know, when an employee leaves a company, it is tough and it is hard. And even if they leave on the best of terms, it can, it can be tough. And actually I would love to do a mini episode on this because we have a pretty, a pretty rigorous hiring and onboarding process at Proofpoint. Uh, but I think it could be valuable to our listeners. So I will make a mental note to do that. But um, getting back to the topic at hand. I think that, you know, when somebody leaves the company or organization, I think it's a good time to take a a pause and say, okay, why did this person leave? What have we learned? What can we do differently? And what do we need to change? And so that was, that was a really good example, Mike, because when our employee left, it was a bummer. We were we, we respected her decision and we um, supported her decision, but we also took that opportunity to look at what we were doing and to come up with what I think is going to be an even better um, hiring plan and, and, and um, growth plan for our agency moving forward. So we'll, I think we'll make a mental note to, to do a, an episode on that. One more topic here to round out the business side of things, and then we'll jump into parenting. Tim Brown from episode one. Tim is a good buddy of ours. We had lunch with him and his wife. Mike actually knew him professionally before either of us had our own companies. And another plug for our wonderful guest, if you are on LinkedIn and you are in either construction or or home home remodeling, uh, check out Tim, check out his company Hook Agency. Um, And if you're in marketing, connect with Tim, because I would say that out of everybody that I have a connection with on LinkedIn, Tim has done an amazing job of putting out Really consistent and high quality content. But one of the things that he has said and specifically related to content, but I think it applies to just about anything across the board is lower the bar for yourself, be comfortable with making mistakes, be comfortable with putting out something that you may not love or that that's not perfect because that's what allows you to grow, to try new things, to tweak, to optimize your strategy, and to, quite frankly, get better at what it is that you do. And Tim, as I said, was speaking about this specifically in regards to content, but I really think that it applies to just about everything in your business, you know? And I am and it's been a, a
0: sticking point in, in our business for a while, because yes, I'm I- the... I'm the uh, ready, fire, aim type person. and Gabby Mike is, is the
2: shoot from the hip guy. And I am like, wait a minute, I need a plan. And uh, I was just featured on, an, on a podcast. If you're interested, you can go check it out. It's called uh, The Working Moms Podcast with Whitney Hawthorne. And... Uh, and, and the whole episode was about me, not the whole episode, but, but a large part of the episode was me talking about being a recovering perfectionist. Um, and are there any other recovering perfectionists out there? Because I can't be the only one. I know that there's others out there. And so, you know, I loved Tim's, uh, Tim's comments from episode one is like, don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself. Don't be afraid to put something that may not be your best Um, you know, thing out there. And he also said this in relationship to his employees. Um, His employees are by far some of the most engaged and active on LinkedIn that I have seen. And I think that's because him and Bia really cultivate a culture in their agency about Hey, be active, put content out there, have an opinion, talk about things, engage with people online, engage with our network and with our prospects on LinkedIn, which I think is so, 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 so valuable and important. And um, Mike, I think that's another mini episode for us to talk about here is about um, marketing. And and we're just
0: gonna be talking
2: to people rather than Yeah, I know, people are gonna be tired of hearing from us, but marketing and LinkedIn and having an online presence and so that was a huge one from Tim Brown from episode one. And just to wrap
0: a little bow around it, I mean, Gabby, like you said at the beginning, this this whole thing of lowering the bar and just try things and put things out is I would say about everything. And I think everyone out there has heard these, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, perfect is the enemy of the good kind of thing, which is sometimes you just need to put something out into the world and get some feedback and tweak it rather than try to make it perfect and spend 10 times as much time on it. So I think that's true. That's definitely, we've seen it a hundred percent, uh, be true on, on the business side and all the things that we've done. So,
2: yeah. Well, let's jump into parenting. And then I think this will, you know, this is the last category. Round that out. The last category that, um, that we'll talk about from our August and September episodes. This is episodes kind of recapping episodes one through eight here.
0: And really, the the main theme kind of across the board. So all the there's been a number of couples that have had that have children. Some are young, some are older, some are you know out of the house already. But um, overall, the main theme and you know, some of the questions we ask them are things like, you know, what lessons have your children learned from seeing you know mom and dad or you know build a business, things like that. And kind of across the board, really, it's there's been two things. One is Um, instilling this appreciation for what they have because their situation is unique. They get to see mom and dad a lot. I mean, all the couples we've talked to are successful in their business. So, you know, they're, you know, we'll say upper middle class and they have things and they get to travel and they have food on the table and all that fun stuff. So, you know, kind of really instilling the fact of, hey, hard it's hard work and we're doing this for you, but you need to appreciate these things.
2: Yeah, and I think... So we didn't talk about, we didn't talk a lot about episode four, Aaron and Alicia soul, but this was something that they really talked about in, in their episode. Again, that's episode four. Uh, They have three young children, um, all that are like elementary school age. And one of the things that they really talked about is um, kind of showing their children from a very early age, like, Hey, look, not every child in the world has a bed not every child in the world has a home with food on the table not every child in the world has two parents that love them and they they do a lot of philanthropy and a lot of work in the church and so i think that they you know they were they are really really big about talking to their children about look there are there are you know poor children there are children that live on the street there are children that don't have the things that you have and really instilling appreciation but more so than that they also talked about planting the seeds of philanthropy and planting the seeds of giving back at an early age and that is something that really resonated with us and something that we do with our daughter at home um, so for s- listeners that don't know this. Our daughter was born, currently she's five and she's obsessed with Star Wars, Um, but five years ago she was born, our daughter was born at 24 weeks. She was born four months premature and we had a very long journey with her. She was six months in the NICU and um, home with some medical devices, medical needs, and um, one of the biggest things that has touched us uh, Mike and I is giving back. So we're very involved in the prematurity community here in the city. I volunteer with the March of Dimes. Um, and we give through Proofpoint. point, we give back a portion of our revenue to, uh, to several organizations that focus on prematurity, you know, child, child, uh, child and baby and mother health, Um, preeclampsia, you know, these are organizations that are very near and dear to our hearts. And pretty much ever since our daughter was born, we have been focusing on giving back.
0: Well, I think the main point, Gabby, that you you haven't mentioned yet is we've gotten our daughter involved in those things.
2: Yes, yes, that is true.
0: Donating things to the hospital and stuff like that. And I think that's, those are the types of things that Aaron and Alicia were talking about is getting their children involved in the giving back aspect.
2: Yes, yes and and we've also been um been focusing on that with our daughter so when she turned 4 last year we told her that you know you, we're going to put in the invitation of her birthday that that we want people instead of giving gifts to her we want them to bring some specific items that we could donate to the NICU. And, and if any
0: hospital. of our friends are listening her birthday is not for a while, but please don't give her any more stuff. We <laughs> cannot fit anything else into our house.
2: Yes, it was. It was partially we did that because we do have a lot of crap for her, but we also wanted her to know that you know, yes, it's her birthday, and yes, we're celebrating her, and we love her, and we're celebrating her. Um, but through that celebration, we can give to others, um, and and that's and we're so blessed that our daughter. Really uh, embraced that, and she really loved that idea. And she, she was excited talk- to go
0: bring. She all was that excited, stuff over to the
2: yeah, for us to drop it off at the hospital around the holidays. She also talks about, you know, what about the children in the hospital? And and you know, we've we've spent a lot of time at Children's Hospital with her, and so she's acutely aware of the fact that there are kids in the hospital. And so that that is something that we. Love doing with our daughter, and that we've been fortunate to be able to do more of that through our business. And that is something that we heard loud and clear from our guests from episode four. Um, Another thing that has just been really beautiful to hear from our guests is instilling an entrepreneurial mindset at an early age. There's a very
0: specific quote that comes to mind. So, again, this is again again, going back to episode seven. Mikolai said this. He talked about having his kids see their parents make fire with their hands. Yeah. So kind of building something from, from the ground
2: up. Whenever I hear that, yeah. I always think of Mowgli from The Jungle Book. <laughs> I don't think Mikolai intended that to be the, the visual, but that's what comes to my see, head. It, it's funny you say
0: that because I think about uh, Onward, the, <laughs> the oh. new Pixar movie. Or the very early scene where they have the the wizards and whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
2: Um, yeah, we're clearly we watch a lot of Disney Plus here in, uh, yes, in we the do. Grinberg household, but um, but instilling an entrepreneurial mindset at a young age. I mean, what better gifts could you give to your child? You know, and that doesn't mean that every single child in the world has to grow up to be an entrepreneur or business owner. It doesn't mean that if you're an entrepreneur and business owner that your children should be entrepreneurs and business owners. But I think having an entrepreneurial mindset is something that's really valuable something that can serve them well in life
0: just exposing them to it and cuz really as an entrepreneur you're a problem solver
2: right? you are
0: and i think teaching your children that they can be self-reliant and solve problems and figure things out and not have to depend on people i think is important even if they decide to go work for somebody else great good for them but i think that that part i think is still extremely important and i think we've definitely tried to I mean, our daughter is only five, so there's only so much we can do. But um, and also, just in general, I think uh, you know, getting them getting them involved and just getting them interested. So the the other one that comes to mind is uh, Rob and Sherry from episode five. Take a listen because they've done some really cool things with their kids. Both of their children, I think one of they have
2: three. They have three children. Three? Okay. I've, yeah. I guess I forgot. Oh, that's right. Yes,
0: they do have three. So they're. Their uh, two of their kids have written a book, I think. I think probably self published or something. And then they've they taught their kids how to type early on. And Rob's a you know Rob's a in- uh, software engineer, so I think some of the kids got exposed to that pretty early on. Yeah, the, I um, really
2: love that. That Rob said, um, you know, when his kids were about five or six, he hired a private tutor to the house to teach them how to type. Now I remember when I was I think in Ah, must have been middle school, like fourth grade, third or fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, we had to take typing, but we did it on a typewriter. And I remember the teacher and he was, you know, your typical nerdy teacher. He had like a pocket protector and pens and glasses. And he's like, J, K, L, semi space, A, S, D, F, you know, we had to like memorize the fingers and, and the positions, but um, man was typing. So, oh, I remember it was an extracurricular activity that my mom signed me up for. It wasn't through the school. It was an after school program. And I thought she was absolutely crazy because I'm like, I don't need to learn how to type. We don't even have a computer. And then, you know, we got our first computer, which was a Dell and we had AOL, <laughs> AOL's uh,
0: dial up, dial up,
2: dial up, and here I am dating myself as a millennial born in 1984. Um, but yeah, but Robin Sherry brought in a typing tutor for their kids. So at an early age, they were. to- you know, I have a feeling to... that pretty
0: soon people are not going to need to type. Everything is going to be voice. We're getting close voice to that. Voice
2: or swipe? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But yeah,
0: I did but... show I did show Lana how the how typing works, and I'm like, hey, look, I can look at the screen and do the typing, and she kind of goes.
2: yeah kids these days going back to what we were saying Rob and Sherry episode five teaching their kids to type from an early age they learn how to code at an early age Um, they're all musicians all three of the kids they play music together which I think is great and I love the fact that their kids have written books and you know they are instilling at a very early age this idea of having an entrepreneurial mindset
0: not just written, they've been, uh, they talked about having their kids go like door to door selling the books too. So yeah, yeah made they made some did, money doing this.
2: They, they have, they have. Well, we've been blabbing on here for God knows how long. It's been so much fun sharing our perspectives and sharing our point of views on our amazing guests. We intend to do this more often. I think we, you know, we plan to do a recap episode every month. At the end of every month to kind of recap our episodes, we'd love to hear your comments, your feedback. We'd love to hear any ideas you have. If you are a longtime listener of our podcast and you have an amazing couple in business for us, let us know. If you're active on LinkedIn, hey, drop us a line. Mike and I are pretty active there for our business with Proofpoint Marketing, um, but we also use that platform to share the amazing content that we have with with um, Mixing Business with Pleasure. So if you'd like to connect with us directly, if there's ideas you have, questions, comments, feedback, or you just want to say hi, we'd love to hear from you. Please connect with us. Um, Stay tuned. We have a lot of very fun things coming up. So number one is our website is going to be launched and I'm so excited for that. Mike kind of hinted at something. We're going to be creating a an online community for couples in business. So, so that is coming up soon. We have Community some other... and a
0: bunch, of, uh, a bunch of programming, but stay tuned for the details.
2: Stay tuned. Yeah, we're, we're not going to share too much with that because it's still in the infancy, but, but it's, it's really exciting. And last but not least, October is here and we have a really awesome lineup of couples in October. And so we are hoping that you'll give each of them a listen. And we'd love to hear from you. And um, more than anything, we appreciate and are so excited to have a podcasting community, to have a community of listeners and other entrepreneurs and couples in business together. So thank you for following our journey and being part of this community. And um, stay tuned for next week for an amazing couple in business together.
0: See you next week. We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We hope you'll join us next week as we feature another pair of co-founders who are also lovers, and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.